Welcome to the Jesus, Sex, and Politics podcast. I'm Micah. And I'm Nathan. And here we talk about all those things that scare you. That the world doesn't <laughs> want to talk about. That was the worst intro we've ever done. You it was probably seen because how I was, Micah, he, he was looking like Animal from the Muppets air over drumming. here. Air drumming. Uh, the it, intro. It messed me up. It messed up. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, hey, welcome to the show today. It's good, to, uh, good to see you, yeah, Micah. It's good to, good to be seen. We are now in March 2023. Mm-hmm. And in a very famous episode, March 2022... We talked about the march to 170. That's right. And we were all to get down to 170 pounds. And uh, other people, they started at like 230. And now they're weighing in at like 180. We were inspirational. Right? We were. We inspired a lot of people. But I have a question. And yeah. uh, inquiring minds would like to know, Pastor Micah, how yeah. have you done on the road to 170 now that you've had a whole year <laughs> to get it done? <laughs> Listen, we, you're gonna break the microphone. I got I got down to 173. I think was the lowest I got down to. So and then Christmas hit, and I spiked back up, <laughs> and now I'm now I'm down to uh, to one about roughly 180. So 181. So, but I'll get back. I'll get back. There. Uh, this was not supposed to be a year long journey. It's a this lifestyle, was man. To be a one month journey. It's a lifestyle, Nathan. I don't look at it in the in the course of a year or weeks or months. I look at it as I want to have a healthy life. That's good. Now, you know, <laughs> you, know you, you know, I know you're going to blame this on you know some kind of injury you have in your in your. I hip. tore my labral tear. Yeah, labrum. So, but you know what? I powered through anyway. I still run. I say, dang it, it hurts. But I'm I'm gonna get down there. You're only what one seventy seven. You're you're just a couple uh, pounds uh, below me. So I, I know that. Yeah. So yeah, but for different reasons. Well, I I mean, then you had that prostate issue. Is that is that the reason? That, 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 no. <laughs> I have no prostate issue. You have no prostate. <laughs> I have no prostate. I have no prostate. No. We do have a guest with us. We do. Today, Let's introduce him. Maybe he'd like to talk about prostates. We have. With us, our new Fishers campus pastor, Pastor Derek Lopez. Woo! Hello, thanks for having me. Wait, that was Was the wrong. Is that? that, that, (laughs) That was. Wait, let's let's try that again. I think. What was I? I was looking for the other one. I was thinking you were going to have some applause. Yeah. uh, Okay. Yeah. Try it again, Pastor Derek Lopez. Lopez. (laughs) 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 Wait, Pastor Derek Lopez. There we go. There we go. That's the one I was, I was looking almost for. concerned we were going to have that. Who's laughing now? <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Derek. Best intro I've ever had. There you go, That's man. Great. You had the scary <laughs> vibes, the laughter, the applause, and the sad trombone. You know, I want to notice the. I, I don't know if you can just look at Pastor Derek and find how offensive of a person he is and why he would make a great guest. Oh, yes. Sex and politics. Okay, so for everyone, you've already triggered a lot of people with this jacket, I'm sure, that you're wearing right now. Tell us about your jacket. This is a Redskins jacket what? I have on. You can't say that. <laughs> like the Washington bl- blank skins? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the Commanders. The Commanders. Yeah, no. I love it, man. This is the best logo in sports history. Dude, One of the best. Seriously. That it was, was a great logo. It was a great logo. I still call them the Washington Redskins. I yeah. mean, that's... 
That was so dumb. What? And then they changed it to the Washington football team for their like two seasons. Oh my goodness! How stupid. Do you have to be to be like, well, Redskins are offensive. We're going to go to just Washington football team. <laughs> and it, and it wasn't the it it wasn't the Native American folks that were asking for it. No, it was suburban white folk. It was, it was the folk. liberals. Yeah, <laughs> it was the suburban white folk who feel guilty because of their privilege. But uh, okay, well, <laughs> but I love that jacket, and it's oh, in good. It it's in good shape. Have you had it for a while, or is it relatively new? Or? I ordered it the day that they said they were getting rid of the Redskins. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> As their logo. Here's, yeah. Right. Yeah. So yeah. I was like, I gotta, I gotta get it now. They're going to go up to four or $500. No joke. And so I ordered one. And Have you looked to see how much they're worth now? Uh, maybe like three fifty. Oh, for real? But yeah. Wow. That's yeah, people, look do people ask you about it? Yeah. I had a guy come up to me last week and he said, he, he actually said, is that, is that a uh, college? And I said, no, this is the Redskins. And he was like, Oh, I had no idea. But, uh, How old I get a lot of compliments on it. Yeah. Is what I get most. Yeah. Mostly. But, uh, does anyone ever come up to you and say like, that's incredibly offensive that you have that on? Um, no, I had someone come and, and circle around staring at me one time, but they didn't say anything. <laughs> and, a, uh, I'm sure it will come. Yeah. So do you know what other things people really find offensive? They find fur. Like real yeah. fur. I love fur. Super offensive. Now, I don't know if you know this, but my grandfather was a world-renowned mink farmer. Nice. Oh, that's cool. So I, I, have, I have fur in my blood. But I feel like that would be a, that's a medical issue you should probably have seen about. I don't think that the, that's a good thing. Actually. Fur in your blood seems like There are trans, transgender issues where they so have you're fur furry? in certain places. Furry? Yeah. You're no, a furry. Not a furry. But I was going to bring up the fact that <laughs> another offensive thing about Pastor Derek is that he likes to kill innocent animals. <laughs> and I thought that we should bring that up. Innocent <laughs> is relative. That's true. I, no, mean, I, I mean, they live in a fallen world, too. And they've, they're sinners. We, we once did <laughs> run in front of cars. <laughs> they, they are trying to do what's that uh that insurance commercial about the guy who always he's like chaos or something like that oh yeah mayhem mayhem mayhem, yeah. mayhem right yeah. that's a deer running in front of your car he's he's not innocent <laughs> right <laughs> that's funny hey but but you said something that i love because you're a hunter Mm-hmm. And you, how do you convince yourself that it's okay? <laughs> I didn't think we'd go, go there, but I guess we're just going to go there. Jesus, sex and politics. We go there, man. Okay. Just so you know, yeah. we do go there. Yeah. How do you convince yourself when you're about ready to pull that trigger and take the life of Bambi? How well, do you? I don't have much of a problem. <laughs> um, but, you know, if, if there's any question in my mind, the thought process is they can't feel pain anyway. <laughs> It's no big deal. <laughs> oh right. man! Now I'm Listen. pretty. I'm sure. I'm. I am. I'm a hunter too, and I'm pretty sure we use. Uh, you know, I, you do it with archery, right? Or did you do yeah. it with rifle? Ar- archery. Okay, so yeah. I mean, you know, it it would probably really suck to get hit by an arrow, but yeah, we well. use bullets that are hollow point bullets. And part of that is you're trying to kill that animal as fast as possible. So they're in as little pain as possible. So we as <laughs> rifle hunters admit it does hurt. Yeah. You know? so. uh, well, the one I shot, I shot it and the buck just like hopped away. Like it was no big deal. Just <laughs> like, is that I, all you got there, human? I actually, I heard a, like a thump and I thought, man, I hit a stump again. So I did this, 
beforehand, maybe a month before, I shot at a at a doe, and it sounded like I hit a stump. I couldn't find the arrow that time. Well, this time I shot, and I told my buddy who was with me what happened, and more experienced hunter, and he said, I think you hit it in the gut. So we, we ended up finding the blood and finding the arrow. But then I realized, I was like, I also shot that doe. <laughs> mm-hmm, <laughs> and it nice. must have been a, gotcha. a hit a bone or something. Yeah. But Wow. Yeah. Um, but you never, get, you never found them, so they just... We, we found the buck. Oh, the buck. We found he, the buck, but the doe, I don't know where the but doe went. Right, it doesn't. It also doesn't help that I'm partially colorblind and I can't see most reds. <laughs> <laughs> For real? That's hilarious. Yeah, certain that, shades I that can't that see. That makes that's, it hard to I'm track. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. That, Holy that's cow. where a buddy comes in to play or a special headlamp. Oh, uh, there you in go. In the evening, so. Wow. Wow, that's that's yeah. interesting. So so you really like don't have a problem with wearing a redskins jacket at all because you can't even see the red of the yeah skin. exactly yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it actually looks brown to me <laughs> it's yeah it's more of a brownish yeah. it's a real dark red yep so but, yeah, yeah so that's, you, that's you do hunting you do fishing this is your yeah. kind of an outdoors guy yeah fishing for me fishing is the best thing that's ever happened i love fishing and of course um, fish feel no pain no no absolutely not yeah, no way fish they don't <laughs> They don't even know what's going know. on. They have emotions. Yeah. Yeah, no. Just flop have around. you ever seen a depressed fish? I've never seen a depressed no. fish. No, they just... They Short just, memory and right. all those things. That's right. <laughs> They're probably happy when you catch them. It's like, oh, something different. So, <laughs> <laughs> change of pace. Uh, so, so, Derek, so uh, you got to Life Church, oh, I don't know, what, a month ago? Two months ago? Yeah, about a month ago. A month ago. ago. So, you've been here a month. Uh, we have uh, five campuses, one online campus, and then four brick and mortar. And you're at a Fisher's campus. Uh, what do you? What has kind of surprised you about the Life Church culture? And what do you? Uh, what do you like? You know, what hasn't surprised you, or what maybe? What's your 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 favorite thing about being here at Life Church? Uh, I love how much fun it is. One. Nice. And uh, we are fun. People. Yeah, we do have a good time. Yeah, we don't take ourselves too seriously. We like to laugh. Yeah. <laughs> We started a podcast called Jesus, Sex, and Politics. Which that our should, wives did that, not like. I should tell you everything. <laughs> <laughs> My wife said before I came on, she was like, they're going to stir you up. <laughs> don't, <laughs> don't let them stir that's you funny. up. <laughs> We're going to, no, we, we will ask you about your sex life yeah. here in a little bit. Uh, that's what we do. <laughs> yeah. uh, I mean, it is Jesus, Sex, and Politics, but we'll get to that down He has seven here. children. <laughs> it's fine. <Yes. laughs> yeah. The question, everything what, is working. <laughs> I, I would say there's a great level of pastoral care here and uh, just care for people in general. And I, I love that. I love that this is a hardworking church also. And that's one thing that stands out to me is it's a, it's a great, it's a great place. Cause we're not, we're not just going to, you know, it's not a church that would just hop on YouTube and watch a videos all day. Like we're, we're, we're in it to win it. We're betting the farm for the kingdom of God. We're, we're doing everything we can to reach the lost and disciple people to father, sons and daughters. And I love that. I also love the the mission. I think it's great. It's awesome. man. Yeah. You've been doing a good job. I think that's the, I think your work ethic is really fit in around here. I mean, that's one thing that I hear about often, you know, I was like, dang, pastor Derek really knows how to like work hard. So I think that's a, yeah. Testament. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Yep. I have everybody come to me and go, oh, you got a good one. You got a good one. And and then to see a lot of the people that uh, were friends of yours and served in church beside you and, and they're telling us, man, uh, you know, he's the real deal. Uh, that that feels really good 
yeah. for our folks to, to know that, you know, we did take our time to do it. I think Pastor Derek knew that that the, that the Lord was in this even a little bit sooner than me. Cause I'm like, I may just keep praying for a little bit, <laughs> but yeah. uh, it was, you know, really cool. I think, you know, to kind of see the story and the way it came together, I feel yeah, we all feel real confident that the Lord's in it. Yeah. Oh, I absolutely agree. I, uh, I was at Pendleton at prayer at like 6am being like, what am I doing here? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I believe God wants me here and, and I just, I felt like I heard the Lord tell me, you're going to work for Life Church, And that's when I was like, okay, all right, good. So. Oh, no, what he said is, you're going to work the entirety of your life, is yes. what he said. <laughs> he was telling you no retirement. <laughs> don't, don't leave. <laughs> he's like, he's like you're, you're not getting a retirement there, Bob. It's the whole life. Life Church? Okay, that's fine. You go to Life Are Church. you a believer in retirement? Uh, I, I really honestly am not in the sense of, but that's not because I, I think there's a problem with retirement. I, I just would be bored out of my mind. And yeah. I, I think for me, I just, I got to be doing something. And even those who retire, I think they just, they just stop doing their job that they did their careers. They're still doing things. I mean, yeah, like a lot of, yeah. you know, they're, they've got passions and hobbies and they're working on, on things. I think that's, that's the way to roll in retirement. So yeah, yeah. that yeah. was kind of, I mean, Nathan's not that left far field a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I'm yeah. not that far <laughs> not, away from that. Right. <laughs> No, 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 no. I, I was going to say not that far off from what I think. We always think oh, the same. Oh, I thought you were trying and to so, make an issue of the five no. years older than I am than you. <laughs> you're 45 years old, man. Yeah. You're uh, going right. to be te- retired here pretty soon. I don't intend to retire. <laughs> I'm, I'm really counting on Jesus coming back. Here we go. So I don't have to worry about that. But I'm still putting away money just in case. Well, there you go. <laughs> that works. So, uh, so Derek, you've got seven kids. Mm-hmm. So you're Amish. You came from the Amish background. Is that right? Mexico. <laughs> Mexico. Oh, Derek. <laughs> no, but technically, he's allowed to wear that shirt Lopez. because he is not just he's, he's not just Hispanic. You told me that you are Hispanic married Apache, right? Isn't that uh, some, mostly, somewhere yep. there? Uh, Apache. You got Apache blood. You've got more Mm -hmm. Indian in you to wear that coat than Pocahontas does. Elizabeth (laughs) Warren. That's right. That's right. That's funny. So you're you're a Latinx Apache. (laughs) 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 The the cancel culture is never going to be able to come at you. I'm really um, (laughs) a big mold melting pot. German, Austrian, English, French. German? So you're you're people German. So you're, this is amazing. <laughs> people, side, yeah. people won't know what to do with you, man. I mean, you look white. I oh. mean, you look whiter than the wh- whitest Applications kid. for insurance with yeah. the government? Yeah. That's amazing. Like, pick one race. I can't. <laughs> I can't check. <laughs> check all that apply. Check, 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 check. That's funny, man. So did you grow up in Indianapolis? I grew up in Greenfield area. Okay. Um, just, you know, 30 minutes east of downtown Indianapolis and... I've lived in that area my whole life, and yeah, I've been around here. So what what, what led you into ministry? Like, tell us your passion for, hey. for ministry. How'd you get into it? You know, I, I've, I had a passion. Well, I grew up in a preacher's home. Um, my father was a pastor. My mother was a pastor together, together over at church. And so we were at church a lot growing up, and then they they decided to leave the ministry when I was a teenager. But... I think I was like 18, 17 or 18. I had a dream of someone screaming in a lake of fire. And so I started to learn how to evangelize 
to people. And I, I used to go with some friends to uh, Castleton Mall and just ask people, where are you going to go after you die? And so I, I've always, evangelism is huge to me. I've, I've always, the end goal is that as many people come to know Christ and be with him for eternity. So that's where it started. And then I just started at my former church I was at, I just started to serve and ended up where they offered me a job from serving. And that's just, I just kind of fell in it. That's cool. So. I, people ask me sometimes, they say, how do you get a job in ministry? And I always say, start serving in the church. Mm-hmm. You know, just go volunteer your time, do really well at whatever God has gifted you to, to do. And it probably won't be long before that church says, man, Derek, he really, he really probably could be on our team here. So yeah. Yeah. You can't, you know, a, ch- a church many times will look around and they'll go, we, we cannot afford to not have that person be yeah. a part of our team. Yep. And uh, a lot of people, I think, come into the call of God in a way that they don't expect. Mm-hmm. I think everybody kind of thinks, well, I'll hear a voice or, you know, something like that. But I think sometimes they just recognize what else could I do with my life and feel as fulfilled that what I'm doing is as valuable you know, as, as, as reaching people for Jesus, you know? So, so you have a, you have an evangelistic heart. Uh, what were some of the, what were some of the responses that, that you would get from people when you asked them where they would go after they were, oh, they were man. dead? Uh, the most recent one, you know, I, I would have people say they're going to heaven. Okay. Some of them, some of the time they're like, <laughs> I might go to hell. Right. <laughs> some people, <laughs> I've had that response. Someone said, I don't know. Okay. And I think those are the three responses I've seen the most. And uh, I had one lady say to me, I I won't forget this. She said, well, I'm a Muslim. And I said, okay, what, what do you need? Like, what is a need that you have to have for you to believe that Jesus is the Christ? And she said, I have that. I would have peace and just praying over. Okay. Let's, let's agree right now that, and pray and ask God to give you peace. I, I don't know what happened to that lady. I believe she received peace, and it was a, it was a seed planted in her heart. But you know that that was a good one. Um, I, I think you know the it, as important as presenting the gospel to somebody is also the follow up question of, well, you say that you're a good person, you're going to heaven. Why do you believe you're, why do you really believe you're going to heaven? Usually it's that I'm a good person. My father was a pastor, yada, yada, yada. I'm an American. I'm an American. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm a maybe, the, maybe not anymore, but I actually was at one point. <laughs> yeah, it's like it was, yeah. You, you grow up in America and you just, you assume you're a Christian, you know, and that's big, big time lie. But yeah, that's what a lot of people. Yeah. I mean say. that, do you have a personal relationship with Jesus is a different question. Yeah. So, <clears throat> um, you know, have you given your life to the Lord and, it's it's uh you know I haven't done it as often lately but but yeah it's 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 a uh, it, it's wonderful but also the next steps of what your next steps are as are almost as important as right surrendering your life to Christ in a prayer but you need to give them the next steps for what it means to walk the Christian journey. So, I uh, I invited this kid, uh, twenty one years old, met him at the gym, and invited him to come to church and he works um, he works on Sunday. And so he wasn't going to be able to come. And I said, oh, that's, I said, uh, well, maybe I can give you our online, you know, option. At least you could listen to it in the car. He goes, no, no, if I'm not going to be there, I don't want to go. He goes, I, I want to be in person. 
So I'm thinking, what are we going to do? Well, we had First Wednesday coming up this past Wednesday. And I was like, well, you could come come to First Wednesday. And uh, he did say something to me. He said, you don't have to go to church to be a Christian. And I said, okay, but Christians go to church. And and he said, how, how do you say that? That's not right. And I go, well, the Bible says that you should not forsake the assembling of yourselves together as some are given to do, but all the more as you see the day approaching. Are we getting closer to the end or further away? We should be in church way more if we're Christians. And I said, and I just made it to the, I just went to the Serengeti and, and I've seen lions eat things. They always eat the ones that are by themselves or sick. I said, stay in the pack, dude. And he turned to my son and to uh, his friend, Nick, and he goes, are you guys going to be there? And, and they're like, yeah. And sure enough, man, he came to church on uh, first Wednesday. He comes walking in and he brought a friend. And loved it. He participated the entire time. He was so excited to be there. And I just thought, how many people, they'll come if they're just, if somebody gives them an invite, mm-hmm. you know? And uh, when when he walked out the door, I turned to my son and his friend and I said, guys, he's, I mean, just look, that, that young man was looking for a friend. Yeah. You know, he he wanted to have connection. He's, he's coming over in the gym to talk to you because doesn't have a lot of connection he was ripe for 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 the picking you know well that's how they say the gangs become so popular in inner cities because these kids have no connection if they don't join gangs it's it's either join the gang or don't have a family right and and that's exactly it's the it's the warped counterfeit version of the church is what a gang is you know you you it's this community that you believe has your best interest in mind and and you give yourself over to the community and then you know, obviously it leads you to a lot of death and destruction, but, but the church is what got, I mean, it's in, that's in all of us. The reason gangs are so successful is because there is a built-in desire in every human, to every human heart to belong to a community. That's right. Yeah. Well, you know, what was funny too, is he's watching the worship team up there leading. He walks in, he's, and he's, and, and I, I didn't, my, my son asked me, is first Wednesday the right thing to invite a brand new person to, to church to go to. And I'm thinking, well, that's the only thing I had to offer. If you can't come on Sunday morning, at least I can get him here. This is something. Mm-hmm. And, um, and you know, there's a lot more singing and worship in our first Wednesdays and the message is kind of shorter. So I don't know what, I don't, I don't even know if the kid grew up a, a Christian or, or not, or, but one thing I was thinking to myself as I was sitting there having him beside me, um, he, he mentioned, he immediately mentions Man, it'd be awesome to be up there leading and singing like, like those guys are doing, which is not something I expected him to say. Sure. Mm. So when he says it, I said, "Oh, bro, we want to get everybody participating in ministry. We got a pathway for you, you know, yeah. to to be able to do that." He goes, "Yeah, I was in choir for five years. I love to sing, you know." So cool. he has something to offer if somebody will invite him to come, and then say, "I'll be there." to see you. And I was thinking for all of our people, you know, we're coming into Easter, all kinds of people are inviting people to come right now and they're thinking about it. But I I kept thinking to myself, I wonder if we're going to have an altar call 
at the end of this message. I wonder if he'll have an opportunity to pray. Will anybody greet him so that he fills out a guest card so we get his information? Like my mind is going with all these things. I want this young man to have a great experience because I was the one that invited him, you know? And, yeah. and so kind of leading into, you know, Noblesville's been growing and people have been inviting their friends. We've seen Fishers just in the last four weeks. It's been over 200 every every single week. And you've had to put down more chairs and people are inviting and you're getting all these guest cards back. What are you guys looking forward to in Easter and how are you preparing yourself to be ready to, you know, catch a harvest? Yeah, I think that um, for us at Fishers, we're going to obviously, and we're all going to advertise as much as we can, but also push what you're saying, which is that personal invitation. And what I'm going to push is, hey, you may not uh, be able to present the gospel in a way that is correct or even you may you may not feel comfortable we can do that mm-hmm. just bring your friends here yeah and we'll give them that moment the opportunity where they can come to know Jesus and we're confident we can give them the next steps and help them on their journey i think for us that's the we don't want anyone to perish we want all to come to repentance just like god yeah and so that i think i'm going to try to lean into that from the stage that bring your friends we're going to try to Introduce them to the king. Yeah, yeah there's there's uh, two times in ministry world that people are a lot more receptive to be invited to go to church. It's uh, Christmas and Easter. Mm-hmm. It's kind of the two, kind of the the big, kind of we call them the Super Bowl weekends kind of, mm-hmm. of ministry. And that's because just there's just an openness and people are a lot more inclined to say, yeah, I'll, I'll come check it out, you know, with you on, on, you know, I'll go to your church with you and, you know, thanks for the invite. So if you're listening to this, just, you know, it's just, it's personal, it's personal conversations with people at work, with family members and, and, you know, and it's sometimes people think, well, I don't want to be a salesman. I don't want to sell Jesus. But if you had the cure for cancer and you come across somebody with cancer, why would you not tell them about this? And it's free. There's, it doesn't cost anything to come to Jesus. Jesus is not, it's not, it's a free gift. And if the cancer treatment was free and someone, you come across somebody with cancer and you didn't explain to them what you had and offer it to them, I would say you were being completely unloving. You were being completely evil because you were keeping life from someone who desperately needed life. And, and so, you know, don't look at it as a sales opportunity. Look at it as here's somebody to your point, Derek, that's going to be living their worst existence in 80 to 90 years from now, because they're going to be separated from the father. They're going to walk themselves right into the, the gates of hell. And, and, and you know the answer. You have that key to say, hey, we want to give you eternal life. We want to see you come into this blessing that God has to offer. Have you heard of, you've, you've heard of Penn and Teller? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, so the- Which one doesn't talk? Okay, I'm not sure which one's which. The but tall the, one. The, the big guy. The tall guy, one talks. The guy that talks. He said- The little one. <laughs> the, the, you don't remember? The short one. The yeah. short one. Yeah, the <laughs> short one. The big guy. At least I'm not wearing a Redskins jacket, okay? Yeah, so- <laughs> Jerk. The big guy says, uh, he goes, I have no place for any Christian. And he's an atheist. He says, I have no place for any Christian- that doesn't evangelize because their belief system is if this person does not come to Christ, they're going to burn in hell forever and ever. He said, if you believe that your job has to be 
that you are telling everybody that you know about Jesus. He said, because if a bus is coming to hit them, it, how, how can you not love to tackle them? And this guy is explaining this, and I'm going, man, I wish a lot of Christians could hear this right now. Because he said, I have had Christians who send me Bibles and, and talk to me. And, and as an atheist, I don't get mad that they do that to me because they're actually living what they believe. I talked with this. There's this man that I know that's been close to my family. His name's Lloyd. And Lloyd said his whole view on evangelism changed after working with a gentleman for 20 plus years. Well, you know, they do the job for 20 years and then he moves on and goes to another company. Years down the road, 10 years down the road, he meets that fellow employee somewhere and the employee comes to him angry and he says, I found out you're a Christian. I've become a Christian since you left the company. How dare you not care about me to tell me about Jesus? You are going to let me go to hell without mm. a relationship with God? And this guy starts weeping. They both start weeping. He said, that's when my whole mindset changed because I was, I was going to let that happen just because I didn't want to be embarrassed about Christ. Mm. It's good. So. I mean, yeah. And, and I think that's sort of the culture we live in in, in, in America where uh, there's only, there are very few people who are willing to actually boldly say what they believe mm-hmm. in, in public, in the public sphere. And I mean, that's, I mean, you look at, you look at religion, look at politics, look at, you know, look at everything. I mean, people are very quiet about what, who they are and what they believe. They might watch from a distance and they certainly have their own ideas of what they are thinking but they'll never say it publicly. And I think that's the, uh, that's the danger we, we fall into is this, this idea that, well, I can just be quiet and show people Jesus. You know, St. Francis of Assisi said, uh, preach, preach the gospel and when necessary, use words. But I don't, I don't ascribe to that. Because, no, use words. <laughs> because Faith comes by hearing yeah. and hearing by the word of God. You have to and use words. The Bible says that the power of life and death is in the tongue. And so... So, I, you know, to me, I'm, I, I kind of push people say, listen, I, that's great. You want to show people Jesus. But if you're not speaking Jesus, if you're not speaking the truth out, there's not going to, there, there will be nothing. How can they know if no one, that's right. God, no one sends them. Yeah. How will they even know? That's right. And, the, and the fields are white unto harvest, Jesus says. You know, they're, they're, they're right there. I, I, so I'm at the gym again on a Saturday night. You're just, ago. okay. You are just bragging about going to the I, gym. This is all. I almost you, told you yeah. arms the other day. <laughs> What's up, arms? That's right. That's right, man. Blowing no, those bad boys I, up. I, I, that's right, man. You gotta, gotta do it. Anyway, I think, I think the thing though, that I've really appreciated about going to the gym is that this gives me a place to talk to people that may or may not be Christians. I don't know. You know, when I'm in, when I'm a pastor inside the church, people come in, they, they know what they're going to be talking to when you're out in public and you're not, you know, necessarily saying, this is what I am. You get to start up conversations. I was wearing, um, our VBS shirt from, from last year. And you, you were a part of that here. Oh yeah. Uh, the Jerusalem, Jerusalem marketplace. marketplace right? yeah. And my shirt said Jerusalem on it. And on the back, if you remember that that uh, a that shirt verse. says yeah. that shirt says Bible history is our history. That's right. Oh yeah, yeah right. Yeah, yeah. And so I'm wearing that, and this kid comes up to me, and he goes, "Have you ever been to Jerusalem?" 
And I, I said, uh, actually, I have. Yeah, in 2017, I went there. I said, have you ever been to Jerusalem? And he goes, yeah. He goes, I'm part Jewish. And I go, you are, man. What an honor that you have Jewish blood rolling through your veins. And, uh, and I said, I, I'm, I'm a pastor. I think that's awesome. And he goes, oh, I'm a Christian. You know, and I go, so you're a messianic Jew. And it just started into a conversation. But this young man, 17 years old, had not been to church for a couple years because his pastor died and he didn't have a relationship with a new person. And and so I just started talking to him about church. And so this is a Saturday night. Once again, my son Jonathan is in there, his friend Nick. They walk over, I introduce them, and and he, uh, I said, actually, I'm, I'm speaking in Pendleton. And we have a, so this is the first time with our Pendleton campus that I feel like I live in this community. I can invite somebody at my gym to a campus. I just happened to be speaking there that week. I said, come. Sure enough, man, he goes, I'll be there. Just what time? Tell me when. And he came in. He met somebody he knew who went to high school with him, was in his senior class. He sat down next to her. Last week, he came back, you know? People want to respond, and it's a lot easier than you think it is. Give them something to talk about. Have a conversation with people, and just tell them what you believe. Love it. Bro, I'm going to tell you, it's convicting, because when I go to the gym, I don't want to talk to nobody. I put my headphones on. <laughs> it's like 6 o'clock in the morning. I'm like, dude, if anyone even comes up to him, I'm going to be like the most non-pastor pastor they've ever seen. <laughs> don't talk to me. I haven't had my caffeine. But no, that's I'm impressed. I should probably be more like Nathan. But uh, <laughs> but you said you're going to the gym not at 6 o'clock in the morning. You're no, kind of anytime, going. Anytime, three days a week. Okay, so you're just kind of going. There's not a But I met a guy who went to Pendleton, and he comes up to me. He goes, hey, I go to Pendleton. And I met him at the gym. And then I met two other people. Um, and I told Pastor Ross, why are you not have a gym membership <laughs> here in the town Dude, you're ministering to? The church can what pay for it, yeah. No, I was literally, on first Wednesday, I'm sitting in a row, and there were five of us, and every one of us were from the gym. <laughs> what and What gym is this? This is 24-7? My... Is my time fitness right My next time. to the pizza yeah. king and i and love pizza king <laughs> <laughs> they're you're gonna, man you're gonna I, see pastor there i'll be a pizza king he's gonna be like i noticed I'm that the people over walking here. out of pizza king have <laughs> just, a different physique than the people I can watching share out of the gospel with the workers <laughs> so i can get free pizza for real man nathan don't you think the people at pizza king should know about jesus they too need, they need jesus well i agree i mean you probably should so, get in there i guess pizza pastor king. derek will be on one side i'll be on the other side we'll 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 take care of it because pastor derek you live in pendleton yeah yeah that pizza king's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Just, uh, yeah, yeah, I live over there. It's awesome. Um, I feel like uh, I need to start going to my time in Pendleton. That's uh, I don't live down there or up there. Hey, so. we need we need uh, we need workout shirts. You know, come we need to come up with some good slogans for a good workout shirt that says like you know don't just don't just have a nice body. You know, work your spirit. Something we need something cool. <laughs> You know, like, like follow don't me to another world. Okay, if you're listening, here's what we want you to do. Never Email. No, no, no. Listen, if you have ideas, <laughs> crucify the flesh. <laughs> crucify the flesh. See, I like that. Yeah. Crucify the fat flesh. <laughs> uh, no, no. So if you have an idea for a shirt that we could make at Life Church that would have something to do with yep. your yep. working out. Yeah, and and something to do like make it somewhat <laughs> spiritual too. Email Maria at Life Church Maria at Life Church She will take your responses 
and then and don't tell her, don't <laughs> tell, tell her, her why. <laughs> just email her and uh, and just say just you know just give your slogan and then she'll probably <laughs> forward it to <laughs> Melissa at lifechurchin.com. Oh, that's and awesome. Melissa you- will start working out the t-shirt. I'm telling you, we got I've a got lot a good of people in it. Go ahead. Have, it? You have Jesus showing his bicep. Yeah. And the the verse underneath says and he did everything well. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? When I was a kid, they had one, um, Gold's Gym was a big thing. And so they had a Christian t-shirt and it said Lord's Gym and it had a the buff Jesus. Yeah. And, and then it's, and it said the sins of the world on the cross. And underneath it said bench press this. <laughs> it was awesome. That's kind of cheesy. Evander Holyfield That's, wore that. It was awesome. <laughs> was he the Evander one? Holyfield did, wore it? Mm-hmm. Oh, he, I, he wore that shirt. Yeah. Uh, did did he bite it? No. Did he no, get it? It was Tyson. He, Tyson. He, got, he got bit. Yeah. Okay. Tyson bit. I couldn't remember who was the ear biter, but it was Tyson that bit Holyfield's ear. Yeah. Because right? he was losing. That's right. Oh yeah. Well. Hey. Well. And on that note, that's uh, <laughs> that was a weird, <laughs> weird left turn. But uh, I hope this has been encouraging to listeners. Like, just you know, evangelism is is uh, is a huge part of what we do as believers, and we we need to tell people about just be ready to give an account for your faith, is what Scripture says. And uh, you know, we get the fivefold ministry gifts represented pretty well at Life Church. If you don't know what that is, we have the the evangelist, the pastor, the teacher, the prophet, and the apostle, and they all have kind of different giftings. And we've been talking about that evangelistic gift. But I wanted to ask maybe as we wrap up, Derek, do you feel out of the fivefold that you, I mean, it sounds like you were very more, you, you can have seasons where you kind of, you flow between different giftings mm-hmm. too, but uh, what, what would you say, would evangelism be your kind of, your fivefold ministry gifting that you're probably pinnacle at or what? what evangelism think? or, um, I don't know, I'm torn between evangelism, pastoring, teaching, um, Probably pastoring evangelism. Yeah, are my two. Which probably makes sense because I feel like mm-hmm. evangelism and pastoral leadership are sort of on the same spe- side of the spectrum. A little bit more of that, like you have a heart for you know broken people, people who are lost. You know, I mean, evangelists have a heart for people who are lost. Pastors have a heart for people who are broken. Teachers have a heart for people who don't know knowledge. Prophets have a heart for people who don't know truth. And apostles kind of can see what gift is needed when and where and they send out they have a heart for leadership really is what is what that is i don't know way of putting that i don't think i've ever heard anybody say that yeah that's good i think like (laughs) that must have been the holy spirit (laughs) because i know you don't read books like this so (laughs) hey listen man i i I was at the gym uh working working out and i just felt like the lord told me that and so uh (laughs) i feel like in the 90s the the pastoring side of evangelism really took a dive where there was that belief, well, if you pray the prayer, you're good. Yeah. You're good to go. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think that's I think that's wrong. Mm. It's dangerous. You know, I think David Barton actually said we did not actually lead start leading people through the sinner's prayer until the early 1900s. That was never really part of our Christian heritage to say the prayer mm. and then be you know raise your hand and pray the prayer. That wasn't really part of the faith up until the early 1900s. It was always a I'm a Christian because I follow in the ways of Jesus. It was mm-hmm. a doing uh, and a, it was an action really. And, yeah. and so I've thought about that at Life Church. You know, what if we didn't do altar calls and we say, if you want to accept Jesus as your savior, follow him, right? Like begin to engage in the church, like confess him. Yes. Say he is Lord, you know, confess with your mouth, believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord, then you will be saved. Mm-hmm. But, but we're not going to lead you through a sinner's prayer we're going to invite you in to do life with us. Mm-hmm. 
And if you start doing life with us, know that you you are saved. It's you are part happen. of you know that's that is yeah. that I don't know. I've thought about that. Well, you know that that sinner's prayer is a step in the direction of discipleship. Yeah. Right. It's not the be all end all. It's just well, it's it's like we're going to do this and then we're going to get you baptized because what is baptism? The first step of obedience to a lifetime of obedience. Everything is, you know, we use the terminology quite often here. We say, what is your next step? You know, always talking through, where are you going? What's the next place of growth that you need to be at? That really is discipleship. Discipleship isn't a, a six-week course. It's walking through life. That's by even as fathering sons and daughters into the kingdom of God you're walking people through different stages of their life, stages of growth, stages of grief, stages of birth, stages of marriage, stages of disappointment. And you're never taking, as a dad, you never take off your dad hat. There's never a point where you go, yeah, I'm no longer, I'm done. You know, your kids just have different problems and you're walking them through that. So I don't know. I, I think that the, you know, the concept of, of the, raise your hand because that's how we count metrics. We need to be careful of that. In the Assemblies of God even, they don't count salvations so much as they count baptized in water, baptized in the Holy Spirit because it shows forward action and not just, you know, how many times, you grew up in the church just like me, Micah, and so did you, Mm -hmm. Pastor Eric. How many times did you give your life to Jesus? I eight thousand times I gave yeah. my life to Jesus. I I, I, I sinned this I week. I kissed right? that girl behind the <laughs> church, and I gotta go get saved again. <laughs> you know, and my parents would be like, "Where'd Derek go? Oh no, he went down there again. <laughs> He's down there again. <laughs> We're gonna be here another hour." <laughs> oh, that's funny. No, that's good. Well, hey, if uh, if, if you're listening to this, and and uh, I hope it encourages you to get out there and tell people about Jesus. Use words to do it. Speak truth. Uh, you know, I, I ask the Lord for a heart like His. You know, He cares for the lost. He, he, it's not His. You said it earlier. It's not His will that any should perish, Derek. You know that's, but that all would receive everlasting life. And so, hey, uh, uh, let me just brag on on something I see you do, Micah, that I really like. You you end a lot of the services and you say. Hey, tell people what God is doing here at Life Church. Tell them. That's good. And I love that. I thought that is so easy. And but but you see the massive growth that God has done and I think really a lot of it is that people are just saying, "Oh yeah, you got to come check this out." And then the other thing that I've heard you do to make the church evangelistic, which I I've learned from you watching it, is that you make the church a place people come when they're not going to church. And I've always heard that philosophy. I think I believe that philosophy in many ways. But you're like, let's fill this place with life. Because when people come in contact with Christians, and they're like, there's a church here. Why am I not? I should probably go check that out. And then they realize, oh my gosh, this is like the best kept secret in Noblesville, Life Church, you know? And then then it's like, I want to be there. And... The, the, the last thing that I really like about things I've watched you do is allow there to be a critical mass that, that makes it like people are really excited because look how many people are, are wanting yeah. to be here. Um, there must be something happening here. that The joy is here. There's, there's lives being changed. And there's something that 
I think just really kind of gets infectious yeah. about the body of Christ when people are having a great time serving him. Well, I love seeing cars parked down the driveway. And not because people have to walk up here, but it's just when you're driving by and you see this place just jam-packed with cars. I mean, we every week we're parking people in the grass. We're parking them anywhere. There's like a space on the 18 or 15 acres of property we have here. And I, I think that's amazing to your point because it's like, geez, the, like, the community's really turning out for this. And, and what's going on over there? I want, I don't, what am I missing, you know? Uh, if you're missing out, right? FOMO, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, what, what am I missing? It's like, you're missing Jesus. Come, let, like, let, we'll, we'll, tell, we'll introduce you to him, you know? And I think that's the, that's, that's the heart of Life Church. And, and to your point, you know, yeah, making, if any pastors are listening to this, you're, you're building. It's just a building. You know, stop making it more than it is. It's a building for the community. Use it throughout the week. It's a tool. It's a tool, yeah. right? Like, open up. You should. If someone says, can I use your church for something? I mean, barring that it's something that you don't believe in philosophically. Uh, but if like, Sam Smith is involved, say no. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, I'm surprised you know who that is. You know so. when, whenever they share wow. with me... <laughs> Jeez, Pastor Nathan, they you say, are you are absolutely irrelevant. You don't know what's going well, on. Well, you're retiring soon. I just oh, I'm yeah, like, you know, right. my- let me go get my walker. <laughs> I feel loved when they come up to me too, even though I'm like, that's not true. But to the point earlier, an atheist will feel loved when we share the gospel. Yeah, and I feel the same way when someone shares about what they believe, even though it's a little crazy. <laughs> so with, with yeah. Hey, let me uh, let me tell you about uh, Satan there, Pastor Derek. Have you ever? I did see a guy. Uh, I was in Washington just the other day, and uh, you know, there's a guy. I I always get duped. Okay, there's a guy. It's like there's a there's a rack of Bibles right outside. He's standing in front of a rack or behind a rack of Bibles, and uh, and and I see it from a distance. I'm walking. He's talking to somebody. Oh man, look, somebody's out there evangelizing. And then I realize it's Jehovah's Witness. I'm like, oh! <laughs> I, was like, I, was like, I was like, oh, man. He's I like, saw, I almost I fell this, for it again. I saw, <laughs> speaking of falling for it, I saw this British, this British reel, and this guy opens the door, and there's two people there, and they're like, hey, we're Jehovah's Witnesses. Can we come in and talk to you? And he's like, sure. And he walks them through, and he's like, come on in. And he's through here you know and he's leading them deeper into his house and then and then he opens the door and there's a cliff on the other side of his door and they fall over oh my god like, okay i didn't expect that to be the conclusion of this reel but it was funny <laughs> oh my gosh well this has really gone downhill quick <laughs> We love we love Jehovah's Witness people too. Like Jesus loves you. Just come to know Jesus, not who you yeah, say. Give up on that. Yeah, uh, that, that, that Jesus new, and new, uh, Satan. What was their their Bible? The new. I don't know. Uh, trend. Uh, what was it? I just know that. It? Dang it! I can't remember the name of their Bible. Forty four thousand are only getting in. I'm like, well, surely that's that's. Well, we, then they had a big know. problem whenever they ended up having more attendance than one hundred forty four thousand. They're like, wait a minute, we never thought this would happen. <laughs> you guys, oh, you guys gosh. are buying. <laughs> it's like those those guys standing outside the airport are really doing a good job. New World Translation. That's I think that's what it is. The New World. New world. If you have a New World Translation, <laughs> that sounds like you that should sounds get like rid of Klaus Schwab. You know, like he's like you know, Klaus Schwab is a Doctor Evil. Yeah, it's like. <laughs> Everyone come and read the New World Translation. We will, you will own nothing and be happy. So, all right. <laughs> hey, on that note, you guys, uh, you guys, thanks for being awesome, Derek and Nathan and oh. 
all you listeners out there, thanks for being awesome as well. I didn't have to beep Nathan this time because uh, oh, because that's got, always a problem. We got a censorship uh, problem with Nathan. He speaks some uh, words that you know, just you know, we got to we got to make sure we got the got the beep button. So you know, I think a lot of our folks are missing some of our characters that we haven't had. Oh man, on, seriously, like, we Kyle. do. We got to get liberal Kyle. Liberal yeah. Kyle back. So uh, and maybe in. In just lieu of liberal Kyle, I love his theme song. Maybe we play that one on the way out. Oh, okay. Uh, remember, his theme song is. By the uh, way, this is Jesus, Sex, and Politics. And if you haven't, you know, told your friends about us yet, you should. Oh, yeah. And make sure that you uh, find us anywhere. follow and yeah. subscribe. That's right. Yeah. So, all right. This is you liberal. This is liberal Kyle's theme song. All the books. Cancel talking dirty or about Nathan. your neighbor's looks. You can cancel all the money and all the bad jokes too. But be careful, my friend. One day they cancel you. Oh yeah. We will contact Liberal Kyle and see if we can get him on I love a, it. An, an upcoming I love it. episode. And maybe feminist friend too, so Oh I miss yeah. her. Yeah, she was good. Alright guys. Thanks for listening. This has been Jesus, Sex, and Politics. Pastor Derek, thanks for being here, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Nathan, <laughs> you're looking good. We're going to start calling you arms. Arms. <laughs> here on Jesus, Sex, and Politics, where we talk about all those things culture doesn't want to talk about. That will scare you. See you next time.